0: All right, welcome back. We are with Ethan Krellenstein today. We have the JJM podcast. My name's Greg Melita, owner of Hampton's Jiu-Jitsu, Black Belt Second Degree.
1: And I'm Brian DeLuca, Black Belt, and author of Jiu Jitsu for Small People, another weird shit I think about. <laughs> Well, we got the perfect
0: podcast there, Brian. We're all small people, I believe. Uh, So, guys, Ethan on board today. I'm glad to have him on. He came out to Hampton Jiu Jitsu uh, in 2020. It was just awesome to have him out. Did a seminar, uh, met the guys, met the group of guys we have out there, and it was just awesome to learn from him, all the techniques. So, Ethan, man, what is going on my friend you are adjusting to north american life tell us about that what's the difference in puerto rico versus now coming back to the good old u.s here man well right now i'm in montreal up in canada so it's a little bit a little bit more uh
2: communistic than, than the land of the free um but all the places i've been it's like uh the level of freedom in puerto rico is unmatched i'd say in terms of just Liberty and general freedom to do whatever you want, run red lights, walk anywhere, (laughs) drive everywhere. There's horses in the streets. It's it's crazy. It's definitely like the Wild West. Um, But in terms of like getting stuff done, it's maybe not the best place. You know, getting car registered, getting driver's license, health insurance, whatever it may be, is not the easiest place. Uh, Then you get Austin. It's like a healthy medium, best of both worlds. Really can't wait to get back up there. And then you get up to Montreal, where it's like 1984 passport vaccines and uh yeah it's pretty insane up here but you know it's cool it's cool to be back it's cool to experience all those all those different places and
0: oh definitely i know it's like the wild west like that it sounds like the favelas down there holy shit no no i'm exaggerating it's not that bad it's not that bad but it's, <laughs> it's a little crazy to uh to live long term for sure
2: yeah there, so now, the Ricans are good at it but it's a little a little tough to to get adjusted
1: yeah, so let, let's right. come up. And with, you went from uh, one extreme to the other too, like Puerto yeah. Rico to to Canada, because Canada has some pretty strict regulations, right? Very strict. Yeah, very strict. Right, yeah.
2: Oh, Man. yeah, it's it's pretty crazy up here. Yeah, they're implementing uh, uh, passport uh, vaccine passports, like, and they're pretty strict about it. Like, you, I don't think you can get into any restaurant or really even like a, a store, like a pharmacy or anything, without like scanning your uh, your vaccine thing. So it's pretty crazy. Up wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. And you, um, let's, can you go into a little bit now, how this, how the B team now, the B team, how did that all come about? I know it's like, you know, new information. Maybe you can't share everything, how that, you know, DDS down there and you guys decided to, you know, split up and things like that. But what, what's the most you can share with us? How'd that come about?
2: So, uh, when the, when the split happened, we all sort of decided on going our separate ways. Um, the, the decision to continue with us four was sort of made, you know, amongst ourselves. Um, can't get into that too much, obviously, like it's for, for them to release that information. Uh, but Austin was a great place, a great spot to open up. It's Flow headquarters. So we figured the four of us could make it work. And uh, four of us combined would be a pretty big draw. You know, Nicky Rod, Nicky Ryan, Craig Jones, guys like everyone. Everyone wants to train with these guys. So uh, it's cool to be on their team. It's cool to be a part of that gym. And um, I'm just I'm just lucky and happy that it worked out the way it did and that uh, we sort of found a new new headquarters for for the four of us. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's still like super new, like we're going to make it uh, a little less open to the complete public than uh, normal gyms, I'd say. But still, like, it's going to be great to have that
0: environment and continue going with those guys. Nice. Yeah. Who's doing all your, um? who's doing that, uh, all those videos online? I forget the name of the YouTube channel. Count Films. Yeah. Count so now films. they're. Yeah, the
2: logo awesome. looks like Count Films, but it's Count Films, not Count Films. <laughs> Every time I see it,
0: I think that, but yeah. people get that. Yeah, are, are they, yeah they, Everyone's
1: conversion on
0: Austin, it seems like. Everyone's they, just uh, Yeah, I feel like everybody's in in texas now texas and florida for jujitsu is, is count films like there specifically just for your gym or they just happen to be there every day or
2: um no i think uh i'm not sure how he got in, involved with with uh the b team but i think craig knew him from something else and uh they reached out to each other somehow and and the guy is like a really hard worker the guy behind it he, he's he'll be in filming one day the entire entire session then stay up to like 4 a.m. to edit it together and post a video on YouTube and then be back in the next day for training to film and get more footage for the next day. It's The guy's a monster. He's just unstoppable, man, with the content he puts out. Videos are awesome, man. I mean, yeah. the videos are yeah, like great. highly yeah. entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun seeing uh, Craig beat up people and then have them
0: despise him immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, and that's all you really need, man. That's crazy. That That spot that you guys have, how did that – Come about? Did you like search for that? It's huge. It was the old Gracie humaida I think.
2: And oh, shit. Uh, we were looking at it and a few things sort of fell into place. And we just made the decision quick to get to Austin because that place was already sort of built out. And uh, it was just very convenient and very central. is in a good spot in Austin. There's like no traffic in that area. It's close to a bunch of great food spots. Um, not crazy expensive to for us to get places to live out there. So I just jumped on it.
0: Damn. No, that's awesome. And what, uh, what, what's the class? Like, I think you guys are going to have, I think I saw one thing where like you're going to have applications for the B team. Is that just going to yeah. be the pro team?
2: Yeah. Um, it's not going to be like a pure professional team. It's going to be, I'd say there, there's definitely going to be the guys who compete like the four of us. And then a subgroup of other guys that want to jump in and, and, compete and rep our team. Um, now you represent the B team. Uh, but, it's it's mainly I'd say to get like a room full of good training partners, not just a room full of uh, guys that sort of come by. I think there will still be a massive, uh, like a massive window for people to come in who are just visiting. Like we're not going to just shut the doors to to those guys, but uh, that'll be like a different structured training regime than the one uh, we're going to be going through. Like if you look at wrestling. Uh, wrestling facilities like the the pro guys have a pro team like a set of pro people like there's a lot of guys but they're all like they understand that that's the general mindset is going to be a professional training class for people who are doing this for a living and then uh the mats may be used later on for like you know i don't know the high school guys or the the less uh yeah. professional guys who aren't doing it yeah. as intense as the professionals so it, it's it's a good uh it's a good structure in, in that sense. It'll help us sort of focus more on training during the times we need to train and help us focus more on teaching in the times that we are going to teach and, and uh, mm. bring other guys up to speed.
0: Yeah. That was the, um, that was the next question I had too, because you guys, I mean, if you guys are focusing on the professional aspect of competing, you know, we, we all know that it's, it's two different worlds teaching, you know, for general population in jiu-jitsu versus the competition. Now, all you guys yeah. are going to have your hands in teaching or. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going
2: to, break it up, uh, into how many classes we're going to teach like per week. I'd say the, uh, the classes that are going to be open to the general public, I think are going to be taught. Um, well, to be honest, it's not completely set yet. I think we're still sort of working on the, the schedule and the weekly, Mm. you know, like block block schedule. Uh, But yeah, we're going to we're going to be teaching uh, classes individually, uh, but pretty much we're all going to be there for every class. Like it's still training for us. uh, Nonetheless, like we still need to all be there.
1: Right. So to Greg's point or how are you are you guys structuring the classes or planning structure the classes differently with the way you're teaching versus, you know, you're you're going to have some real true high level professionals competing also
2: yeah so we're gonna we're gonna try and run the classes for the more beginner guys like a standard jiu-jitsu class and the more professional classes a little bit more like uh a more positional live situation style like more a little more intensive more wrestling
0: sc- scrimmage wrestling style um, yeah man that's that's like really unique in in the jiu jitsu world i mean where do you see you know this this group of guys. Like, I mean, I from what I've seen, you really get high level teams, and you have like the main coach and all the athletes. They're just training because it's them. You know, they're worried about them and their their performance on the mat in competition. But I mean, you guys are setting up to have, in, I mean, just you four alone with the status mm-hmm. in professional jujitsu. You know, on top of that, you guys are going to be teaching. You know, apparently in these classes too. That's really unique. You haven't seen that yet.
2: Yeah, so. we're going to be very very. Involved in the entire process, so like the four of us are going to be training and teaching. We're going to sort of the way we've been doing it so far is, is still very like un uh, unstructured in in the sense of like we're not like officially doing it this way, but we've been sort of the the four of us have never been there at the same time yet. Like we we're all injured and messed up, so we're like I'm up in Canada, Nikki's still in Florida, uh, Nikki Rod hurt his uh, bicep, Craig's hands are messed up, so like we're all fucked up right now. So. <laughs> how we've been trying to run it is like ideally the four of us are there and then we'll have like a, a theme for, for one class or a theme for even the week. And then we'll each give our take uh, when we feel like we have something to offer for that specific technique. So if there's like something we're working on, let's say a a leg entry from guard, then Craig's going to show his take on this. And then Isaac or me or Nikki Rod will show our take on it. Uh, Sometimes none of us will. Sometimes it'll be just one guy. Sometimes it'll be two guys, whoever you know, whoever has something to add or a question or something like that. So it's going to be more like troubleshooting and, uh, and then, you know, you break off and you go drill and you come back, you do it again. And we all shoot our, uh, our, we all give our
0: take on our input and then a uh, mm-hmm. few techniques in we start training and that's that. Now the last yeah. few, um, the last few count film videos, is that just been open mats? Yeah, there's been, there was a big, uh, open mat last, Sunday, I believe or
2: Monday, like Labor Day, uh Labor Day Open Mat. So that was the last open mat I think they did. And uh I think he's trying to post or he's trying to edit the the films together. It looks like at least to be more focused on the live rolling. Cause I think that's when mm-hmm. that's what many people like seeing, like the live uh-huh. training and what we do, what we can do to each other, what we can't, what we counter and Stuff like that and how we train with uh, the lower level guys so we could see guys can see like uh, at least for me that's what I like seeing like when Craig trains with a uh, a guy who he's a lot better than like it's interesting to see what he can easily do and what he's working on and his escapes and his uh, his counters like you see more happen in a, in a role like that when you see his dis- uh, discrepancy in mm. skill.
1: I think one of the interesting things you guys are doing too is with all of you showing your own take on things, that actually opens it up because everyone has slightly different body shapes, different strength levels, different whatever. So, having four different people showing their take on the same technique is actually great because we've all trained with people, you know, maybe they're a lot taller than you or shorter than you or bigger and they're showing you something.
2: Yeah, there's different
1: body types and there's
2: different takes. And, you know, we, the four of us have pretty unique. We're not like copies of each other, so it's interesting to see like Craig's way to take the back, my way to take the back, Nikki Rod's way to counter (laughs) if the guy escapes the back or whatever it may be. So,
0: man, I think what you just said is a whole segment. uh, That's what exactly I was just gonna say is like everybody has their own take. You have to have a certain amount of humbleness to even say that. Mm -hmm. Like to even admit that, I mean, I, you know, me, Brian, on, on, on this show, I'm all about trying to, you know, make jujitsu better and and see what the academies are doing out there. And I just, what I've known in jujitsu coming up, it it just wasn't that way, man. Oh no, it's my take. And this is the only take. I mean, you know, like this is, this is huge. What you're saying, you four guys, your status level in jujitsu, but each one of you guys are going to have your own take on one entry. That's the way it should be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like my arms are only this long or my legs are only this long. Yeah. That's not going to, you know, it just physically doesn't work sometimes. You know, it's yeah, sometimes it's modification. Sometimes.
2: Yeah. And so there might yeah. be a guy out there who's way more flexible than than some of us and something works for him that like yeah. might not work for us, but it still works if you're flexible enough to do it. So it's it's interesting to see, you know, everyone's going to be able to do things differently differently. Mm-hmm. They're going
0: to be do, doing things faster, more efficiently, or less efficiently. You know. It, yeah, I mean, you know, there was one thing we wanted to bring up. Brian and I were, were kind of concerned with with DDS down in in uh, Puerto Rico there because it seemed like seemed like Ethan and, and and Craig, you guys were like showering each other and like <laughs> you know on, on the floor. Yeah, yeah. What what is I'm going on? Friends. You guys just have this like like <laughs> tight bond. Is is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Man, it's it's just it's just bullshit, man. It's it's Craig having these garbage ideas that end up <laughs> roasting me, and yeah, I'll I'll never. I'll that was that was a bit of a bit of an awkward skit, but uh, you, know, you had to do something. <laughs> was there, so had to do something. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I don't know that or the pro- Professor Ken one. I don't know. <laughs> With the, the
2: oh man, in I the wish belt. I was there for that. I think I was I was out of town during that, but uh, that was hilarious. That guy's really funny. He just yeah. showed up out of nowhere, apparently. He just sh- didn't tell anyone. Oh, anybody. really? He just walked into Combat 360 one day and
1: just, uh, wow. yeah. Wow. Did, did, did you ride a horse down the street to get there is what I'm curious about. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> very likely. There's literally horses in
2: traffic in, in, uh, in Puerto Rico. It's very,
0: very cool. Holy shit. Yeah, I was going to ask you if, if that was like set up or he just like walked. I can't believe he just showed up one day. That's hysterical. Just
2: showed up just showed up. I mean, I wasn't there to, to see it, but, uh, according to them, he just
0: walked in. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And, you know, I know we're short for time, but can you give us a couple minute, like rundown of specifically your, you know, starting jujitsu and then what it was like then versus, okay, getting on and, and discovering, uh, Donaher and DDS and what that training did for you and, and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I started about eight years ago uh, up here in
2: Montreal in TriStar. Um, I started in competing immediately, like within uh, within a month of training. I, I jumped in. There was like a lot of tournaments up here in Montreal back then. And uh, in Montreal and, and neighboring cities, a lot, a lot of jiu-jitsu up here. There was, at least not now there was, but there was uh, back then. And uh, I was competing immediately. I was like doing well up here in the scene. And then uh, Eddie Cummings came up here. Firas brought Eddie Cummings up here for a seminar and uh, he just mopped the floor with me. It was cr- I've never trained with a guy of his caliber before. Um, you know, I started. Uh, I started um, training with Eddie while he was up here, and it was insane. It was just like I've never felt that before. He would like any limb I would give to the guy, he just like ripped it off my body. Uh, so that was really cool. It was really eye opening to see. So then he went, and then later on, Gordon came up. Uh, Tom Breeze brought him up for a s- seminar, I think, or for for training and then Gordon was another guy like that just insanely good so far ahead of anything I've seen up at TriStar and uh, eventually we started going down and um, we started training with those guys back and forth like George St. Pierre originally had that connection with uh, you know George and Frass would go down there so we started following suit we started going in that direction and uh, learning from John then coming up you know New York's like an expensive place to go to so we'd go as long as we could then come up and recoup compete you know and then eventually started going down back and forth more often um started training more and more with those guys they as soon as i really got there they were like you should come more often you should you know why do you have to leave all this stuff so that was really cool um and uh yeah they were really cool like as soon as i got there they were like you you gotta you gotta come here more often all that stuff so i would try and stay more i would try and go more often i would try and stay for longer periods of time uh eventually i started staying with uh nikki in new jersey for like months i would just stay and do like training camps there for for trials or for big tournaments or big matches and uh it's pretty much it then covid hit one day and i started staying there like permanently i started i moved into gordon's house in jersey like pretty much permanently for uh for like 6 months i think then uh, 6 or 8 months and then we moved to puerto rico that was like an insane insane process <laughs> and then uh moved around all over puerto rico it's been like the past like year of my life has just been moving from place to place to place it's been kind of like a disaster for my perspective like my sort of uh organization and, and routine it's been a complete mm-hmm. disaster but you know it is what it is it's been kind of dragged all over the place and uh, hopefully we're finally settling into austin and, and that'll be it
1: but we'll see Never know, and it, and, it, and it just seems like Austin is literally becoming like the home of jujitsu right now. Like, yeah, it, sure, yeah sure. it's crazy.
2: It's definitely the center of jujitsu right
1: now. As far as it's it's either Texas, it's
2: Texas and California really that are like the hubs of jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then uh, I mean, you said like you know, flow, flow is there. I mean, you got WNO yeah. is is one of the biggest shows right now. Um, yeah, it's it's that and ADCC. Those are the two big ones. <laughs> yeah and speaking of those what do you think in as far as that like i mean you got wno you got adcc i mean you still have ibjjf but i kind of feel like you know it's not as yeah it's not as prevalent anymore as far as like the right i I don't know i think Uh, the big ones matter like you
2: know gee gee worlds and no gee worlds uh pans matter no gee pans and gee pans matter but like just maybe i'm just out of the loop because like i'm completely immersed in the no gi circuits uh but i don't know it seems like no one really cares about it as relative to what how, how much they used to care about it there's just so mm-hmm. much other like you can't compete with flow grapplings who's number one you can't compete with adcc with the shows they put on the marketing that's behind it there's just clearly way more money in it uh it's there's Great. more spectators and there's more it's just more entertaining overall like, there's more people involved in it it's more money involved in it
1: I mean, it, it's an interesting point. You know, I wonder if some of those, like, more regional things, right, you know, whatever, like, you know, they'd have, like, the IBJFF, they would have regional sort of tournaments, right? They'd have whatever the New York Open, the whatever open. I wonder if we're going to see those start uh, dissipating, right? And it may become even more micro level.
2: Yeah,
1: Um Wait, sorry. The, which which tournament specifically? So, like, like the New York Open, like the sort of like you know how sometimes yeah, they just have yeah. the opens, not the Pans or the Worlds. Yeah, like they sort of they have like these much regionals, more
2: obscure. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Was, I, again, just not talking shit about those tournaments, and just right. from my perspective, like you hear about them less and less, and it just seems like there's a lot less orbiting those tournaments, especially when you compare them to who's number one events and anything ADCC related, and even the sub only ones, like the small sub only ones seem i maybe it's just the instagram that i'm involved in you know like the accounts i follow that follow me um but yeah it, it just seems like they're they're more entertaining and they're more marketed they're more marketable and they're more
0: pumped up yeah i mean i think for years all we saw from ibjjf was reasoning why you know, heel hooks weren't allowed, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And they were so so adamant about that, and very vocal about that. And I think the writing is on the wall when they have let it all of a sudden become legal. And I think that was purely because they were losing business. There's probably a lot of pressure on on them to do something to change something. It
2: got them a lot of press, and it uh, as a competitor, it made me more inclined to do those those tournaments because that rule was just ridiculous. Like if you. It's just so obscure. It's so vague of a like. If a guy forces you in a reap, who gets disqualified? It's, it's just like a ridiculous, uh, yeah. Rule. So- we just
0: saw that at the last yeah. big. Uh, I mean, I saw a lot at the pans. A lot of really weird yeah. DQs going on. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous.
2: I I personally think just let anyone reap. It's not. It's not like. Uh, it's not insanely dangerous. It's not mm-hmm. like you know, jumping guard is way more dangerous, and you're allowed to do that. Reap is not. Right, it's not going to like immediately explode someone's knee. And if you can't tolerate a a reap, like if your knee is that bad, then you shouldn't be competing.
1: It's not like, uh,
2: yeah. I
1: mean, another another point we're we're talking about here is gi versus no gi, right? I mean, no gi. There's a lot more excitement. There's a lot more action that goes on during a no gi fight. Not that some gi fights are very entertaining. Don't get me wrong. You know, but a lot of no gi, it's it's constant action. You know, it's always moving.
2: Much more movement. There's less handles for you to stop the movement so it's mm.
1: yeah
0: yeah and c- correct me if i'm wrong but i mean obviously all four of you guys at b team i mean there's not going to be any gi at b team is that correct yeah i doubt it i think it's gonna
2: the it's gonna be submission grappling and wrestling and that's gonna be it's gonna be a pure no gi gym with that sole focus there's no I, gi is just gonna slow down probably like if you're gonna if you're gonna cross train do wrestling don't cross train in the gi For for us, at least.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems to me, I mean, especially when we saw uh, John was on at the Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about, you know, the the things in jujitsu that he saw was lacking over the years, one of them being leg locks. And then he obviously attacked that uh, in an amazing way. And then he was talking about, you know, the fact that obviously takedowns, which you know, you guys are getting an awesome at, uh, but I think the last now not missing piece, but little piece is that even in MMA, you're trying to hold the guy down. And if he wants to get up, he just screwed your whole, you know, usually in jujitsu, it's this gentleman's agreement. Oh, one guy's on bottom, one guy's on top, you know, but I think John's point was, is that you have, there's a skill specifically to take somebody down, but hold them down. Yeah. control. Absolutely. You know? So it's like if you look at MMA fights, uh, let's
2: say a guy scores a beautiful takedown and he has no ability to keep the guy down, then that I mean, first of all, that's that's a credit to the bottom guy for having a good propensity to, to get up, however he, he does it. If he enters the legs, off balances the guy and stands up, if he just hit pice and gets up, exposes his back and gets up without getting his back taken. Uh that's a skill. And there's a counter to that to, to hold the guy down, to keep his shoulders or hips on the mat. And if he freaks out, overcommits to getting up, you can take his back as he does that. So there's those two. Uh, it's it's basically ADCC. Like if you, uh-huh. if you look at how points are scored, it's so rare that you score a clean takedown. Like it's more often than not you threaten to takedown. Like you shoot, you get the guy's ass to the mat, but it, you have to put it there for three seconds. It's a very long time. So it's more likely the guy... Post turtles, and then you come up, and he comes mm-hmm. up, and you take his back. Uh, huh. That's more often the way you'll score in at, at ADCC. So Great. it's uh, that's where that skill comes into play: holding a guy down and capitalizing as he gets up, either by well, taking the back or, or continuing to hold him down.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's a lot of that's wrestling, right? Think about it. Wrestling is control, pressure, keeping them on their back, keeping them in position for a certain amount of time. Yeah, like yeah. that's keeping where them, a lot of the, them
2: down on the mat, keeping them controlled. Mat right. returning as they get back up, keeping their knees on the mat, um, mm-hmm. exposing yeah. their back to the mat. That's huge. If you could, if you could keep a guy's back exposed to the mat, you're not going to stand up. You have to like go for. You have to face the mat at some point to be able to stand up. So if you could keep him facing right. the ceiling you're likely going to keep them from getting up. Yeah, so that's good in terms of wrestling.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, exactly. I think that's like exactly. the next, the next kind of like phase of people Definitely. like yeah adding to their jujitsu. But I, I see for sure that the, the, the nogi, the sub, you know, sub only submission grappling specifically. I mean, if anything, that's probably what's going to get into the Olympics, not Brazilian jujitsu for, for more reasons than one. But I like, that's more likely. I think that's where the sport is going. We got to unify in that way. Um, I mean, and look, a lot of schools now, including B Team, it's predominantly going to be all nogi. Going to be nogi, yeah. That's going to be it. That's the direction the sports the sports heading. That's it. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. What's what's going on with you now? So you've, you've had some matches. You're you're up up north now. What's yeah. the meaning? So I'm
2: dealing with like a crazy injury right now. Uh, apparently, for the past, I got an MRI up here. Uh, like last week, apparently for the last three years, I've had no ACL and some what? pretty bad tears in my meniscus, in my left, uh, left knee. so yeah, I've just been like, I, like I knew I was kind of injured, but it didn't seem like bad enough to, to really get it. Like, yeah, you, you, your
0: body face triangle face. seemed pretty tight on me, my friend.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, I had no ACL during those body triangles, man. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, like I was training on it, competing on it. Like it would get sore every now and then. I'd take a few days off and get back back to it. But uh, yeah, apparently no ACL and some pretty bad tears in my meniscus that uh, sort of healed and then retore and healed and retore. So I've been juggling that for uh, for three years now. So um, I was training, I was warming up back in uh, in Texas in the B team, and uh, something sort of shifted in my knee. Uh, it immediately hurt a lot. So came up here MRI, and they're like, "Yeah, you need like a pretty." serious i'm basically i'm gonna have to get a to get into the details uh, a quad tendon graft to replace my acl so it's it's a crazy one yeah and i'm trying to do it as fast as possible to make you know as much room for uh competing before adcc and competing at adcc let alone so yeah that sucks but been three years now that i've been like very less uh athletic on my left leg at least so Mm it kind
1: of sucks but it's good to get it fixed Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's the a problem with us, all, all us jiu-jitsu people, right? We we get injuries and we're like, ah, I got to keep training, you know? And sometimes we yeah, don't mean, get it looked at right away. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's,
2: it's a it's We're all always hurt. Yeah, we're always hurt and sometimes it's not that bad that it merits being looked at. Like sometimes you just, you know, mm-hmm. take a few days off and you'll be fine. Sometimes it's something serious and you don't know. And yeah, I was in Puerto Rico for the last like six months or mm-hmm. last eight months when it was like sort of more apparent, more starting to bother me. Uh, but to get an MRI in Puerto Rico is virtually impossible so I just we can order it and hope for the best and
0: yeah we' well, we'll definitely
2: get a drivers there. license imagine getting an MRI <laughs> you, could anything. you could just train combat 360 is my it was my favorite place to be because it's the only thing we can actually do reliably We could go in there train leave and that's it other than that forget it you're chilling on the
0: beach or you're just that's it there's nothing Jeez. else. Well, we had uh, we had one actually. I got a, a message on Instagram for a question for you. We kind of touched on it a little bit, oh, yeah. but the when you guys initially heard that IBJJF was allowing heel hooks, was DDS all about jumping in there and and grabbing that, or was it kind of like IBJ, oh. IBJJF's like a forethought now, not even you know? No, because... no,
2: definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I me personally, I speak for myself. Like, I was definitely. I heard that, and I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely more inclined to start doing any like opens if they're uh, accessible to me you know if they're close if they're if they make sense timing wise uh worlds for sure I was signed up for worlds definitely going to do that and I was going to do that whether they allow heel hooks or not worlds you know I'm not like past doing worlds you know I still consider right. that great uh uh experience and there's there's tough guys in there and it's not like a sure thing that I'm going to win so it's it's not a sure thing anyone's going to win so it's uh definitely a challenge that I respect and I would have done if I wasn't uh crippled up here in Montreal so
0: yeah. Man. Nice. Any anything else, Brian? I'm gonna have uh give a couple shout outs here for Ethan to get his uh all his socials out. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what do you got, Ethan? Uh you got your personal Instagram right now. You have all the B team stuff. Why don't you throw everything out there for people to uh follow you Man, uh go apply if you want to train for the B team. Uh
2: you're probably it's not a very scrutinous application process. You just send in your stuff and you're much more than likely just gonna be able to train. Um Roll forever, Tarot, level black, uh, Jiu-Jitsu motivation. You know, all you guys appreciate the support. Um, that's it, man. Get to be on here.
0: Awesome, man. Well, Thanks we look for- forward to seeing you back out, man. We hope you get uh, get that ACL fixed and yeah, uh, get better soon, uh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's a big one, but yeah, it's gonna suck. All right, guys, make sure you guys uh, like and share and follow. Make sure you guys sign up for the newsletter. We got a lot more coming. Uh, be sure to look out for the review. My role on the motivationcom site. we got a lot of content coming. All right. Any questions for Ethan, let us know. Thanks guys. Hi. Cool.